Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, investors. Let's go ahead. Let's get it started with the number one morning show right here, Pre-Market Prep. Let's go ahead and dive on in. We got another great show for you guys let me know in the chat if you guys are excited about today's show. We're going to get into, of course, uh, we'll touch the kind of economical data that's coming out today. Core personal consumption expenditures, jobless claims expected at 830. We'll touch all about RH, restoration hardware, talking about uh, what's going on in their kind of business and also the environment that they see on out there right now. We'll touch some earning stocks, Constellation Brands, Walgreens. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Coinbase, Spirit Airlines, uh, Pfizer, and BioNTech getting a good deal there. We'll do a little bit of ticker time. You guys smash the thumbs on up. Let me know what stock is on your radar in the chat so we make sure to go ahead and touch it. And welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Let's dive on in. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Yes, yes, yes. Dennis, uh, Dennis Dick, whoever's that. Uh, yes, we do have an 830 number today. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on my man, Joe Conan, <laughs> Dennis Dick. What's going on, guys? I'm ready for the 830 Dennis number. Dick in the chat, man. I'm ready for the 830 number. I'm telling you, I'm ready. I'm going wide. I'm going, <laughs> going wide. wide, man. Thanks to going Christian Fromhertz. We know about the 830 PC deflator. You know, you know, it's one thing I noticed that he uses often. He uses the Bloomberg like Fed Fed calendar. Man, that puts it nice and easy. I'm not gonna lie, I miss using some of the Bloomberg terminals at school. But let's go ahead, let's dive on in, Joe. What did you see in the overnight action? Well, first of all, sorry, I, I was a little late. I was um, signing up for an economics course at um, Oakland Ooh, Community good. College. We got all the economics jokes yeah, today. Yeah, I just got to know that stuff. Uh, we never had a shot. I mean, uh, we you know kind of uh, closed right in the range of uh, Tuesday's close. They started selling off the open. They sold all night. They've been selling this morning, pre-market low, 60, 75. Nothing there for you folks. Uh, really nothing until an interday low, and that's about 23 handles low. So nothing in there for you. Easy up, easy down. Uh, crude down a buck 31, 108.48. Uh, gold descending on 1800, down 1270, 1804.80. Silver, that's getting close to 20 bucks. It's down 41 cents at 2033. Bitcoin mm, loses 20K. Where is it? Now, the futures are at 19,030. Down 11.55. Uh, now, will that 20K be resistance instead of support? Ethereum futures, they're going down even more on a percentage basis. 
They're down $150, $100.50 at $10.14.50. And, you know, just the one, you know, we talk about inflation hedge, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, or it's correlated with the triple Qs. It didn't, it didn't rally during you know, all this inflationary period. It didn't rally with the triple Qs. I mean, what is what is it? What what's what's gonna rally? If anything is gonna rally Bitcoin, Dennis. It's uh, we've said it all along and JC Press, you know, tweeted out we said that two weeks ago. It's a risk asset. So it moves with the NASDAQ. I mean, it may not have been five years ago, eight years ago, but the masses are in it now. And it now moves along with the retail masses. It's a retail, it's a retail massively owned product, massively owned, whatever it is, but it moves with the NASDAQ. So as tech stocks tank, Bitcoin is tanking. You can clearly see the correlation over the last year. So I think we just got to, you know, understand that the people who are holding this a decade ago or five years ago or three years ago are completely different now. It's all massively owned now. So I think it's just a risk asset. So if, you know, we start to get a bounce in the overall tech market, we can start to see Bitcoin come back. But until then, I mean, the technicals do not look good, Joel. You, you can say the technicals all you want. Like you, you know, this 20,000 is what you have on Bitcoin. The 20,000 was a key level. We start to take that out. Now you start thinking, do we have a date with 15? I think 17 first, and I think I can remember that you hopped on it. We had USCO on a long time ago, and um, you hopped in before it broke through 20. I think 17, this was a while ago, and it broke through 17. So, yeah, uh, yeah your next monthly low, and I'm just, these are basis to futures, which I think do a pretty good job, uh, is 16,990. So, $17,000. Um, Unless it could show a bid, clear a bid above twenty, then uh, I'm looking for seventeen k. That's I just know. purely technicals, purely technicals, short term. What do you think, Mitch? I'm backing up the truck at ten. I talked about it. I'm gonna get ready. Um, and one of the things I'm gonna be is patient. I think in this market you've got to be patient. Oh, and that is the um, key to this market. Patience, Mitch. patience, patience. That is the key to 2022. Is the longer you wait, the cheaper your stocks get. Yeah, so and that's congratulations what I'm thinking, to you know? everybody who's 100% cash. I mean, congratulations. Well, not 100, but uh, I got like still 70% in the long uh, term. You're laughing. If you're 70% cash, you're kicking ass and taking names in this market. Well, tell you the truth. I'm losing it to inflation, Dennis. So I don't know how much. I don't mind know. losing 8, 10% to inflation. It's better than losing 50% on these bloody stocks. Gosh. Because every time you try to get a little bit bullish, I've tried. We know I have tried. Um, it just turns around and tanks in your face. So yeah. it's a tough market. Um, with that being said... I'm nibbling on stocks. You know, I'm nibbling on some yep. stocks in the long-term portfolio. I was 50% cash, down to 42% cash. I'm thinking I'm going to try to bring it into like 35% cash here shortly. We'll see. We got to know what the CPI number is going to be. This PCE deflator number is going to be a big number yeah, here let's today. Talk about that. But there's here, so you. many stocks that just keep getting rocked. And it's like every time you start to think they're going to turn around, they just hammer them again. So, I mean... Today, you know, it's Bitcoin stocks are all getting hit, but it seems like there's something every day. And here's another issue is that we're going into earnings season, Joel. Are these earnings going to be good? I mean, we've been talking about the demand destruction on this show for a long time. It could start showing up in some of these earnings reports, and it's already starting to show up in warnings 
maybe we should segue into the restoration hardware last night because this is not good news. Yeah, hey, Dennis, what about, um, you know how you like to play like the earnings, you know, pre-earnings uh, rallies? I, you know, maybe this quarter the trick is just to short them into the reports. Well, that was the that was the play last quarter because if you would have just shorted every stock and every report, you'd lose on a few that popped up. But it seemed like the ones that even popped up a week Same later, night. they were giving it back. And the ones that went down just kept going down. So the shorts, you know, and, and people don't like to hear that, but they've been winning in 2022, winning, 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 winning. Um, is it going to get tougher for them? I think so. I, I think a lot of bad news price in this market, but we got to start seeing improvement in the inflation data. We'll get a little bit of a data point here today from thanks to Christian Fromhertz, you know, saying that the Fed does look at this data point. Obviously, the big CPI data is coming. Um, so we got to start seeing improvement. We got to start seeing that the Fed's plan is working. We did not see it last month, and it was an excuse to basically sell stocks the entire month. So until we start seeing improvement in the inflation data, it's hard to own stocks. I'm hoping, hopeful today, maybe we see a little tick. Maybe we see something, a glimmer of hope. But it's been a tough, tough market to be long. All right, let's go ahead. Let's transition into that uh, restoration hardware and what came out of that. But before that, I want to definitely just touch really quickly. We are going to get initial jobless claims at 830 We'll also get Chicago PMI. Uh, that's going to be released at 9.45. Uh, so check that out. Um, we get core personal uh, consumption expenditures. That's at 8.30. And uh, just to kind of touch them all, um, we also mentioned here the, I, the EIA natural gas uh, storage data is due at 10.30. So you guys can't say we didn't touch them all there. Right? <laughs> there are all there. kinds of economic data. <laughs> yeah. The, gas the chat will be yeah. very excited for all these economic data. All our economists. All hey, of our economists we can do, are that's ready to trade. Listen to feedback, guys. And if you guys got some feedback and want to improve the show, there's one thing that we're about. And that's definitely getting to what you guys also want to hear. So there you guys have it. Let's get into restoration hardware, though, here. Uh, sharing updated its fiscal 2022 outlook. I think the comments are something that definitely uh, kind of shook the market. But um, the company said it projects demand to continue to soften during the remainder of the fiscal 2022. As a result, the company now sees revenue to be down 2 to 5% for the full year. Um, it said also deteriorating macroeconomic environment has resulted in lower than expected demand since our wow. prior forecast. Yeah. Um, you talked about mortgaging rates doubling last year level. Um, luxury homes down 18% in the first quarter. And he also uh, reiterated the Federal Reserve's forecast for another 175 basis points to increase the Fed fund by the year end. Uh, definitely the expectation is demand will continue to slow throughout the year. This is the type of stock, type of company that sells stuff that gets hit first. And we've talked about demand destruction, but expensive furniture is, you know, the, so again, rich people are always going to buy their stuff, but the, the, the economy isn't driven by the, all of the rich. You know, it's driven by everyone else as well. So there's been people that probably have been paying up and maybe couldn't afford stuff like, you know, at the, at, you know restoration hardware. You go in there and Joel, you know the prices of stuff. You go in there, couch $5,000. So, I mean, it's very expensive store. So when times start to get tough, it's big ticket items that get hit first. Everything in that restoration hardware store is expensive. So it's the type of stock that is going to get hit, the type of company that is going to get hit first. 
So definitely ground zero. I throw it up there with the automotives, you know, the home builders we've talked about for a long time, who the hell is building the home when, when leverage, you know, and, and money's getting tighter. Restoration hardware, same story. Tough. Yes, you know, there's value. Williams-Sonoma, same thing. You can say, oh, yeah, there's value here. But inflated earnings from the last, you know, little while here because it's been good times. But the good times roll when the printing press is going. Printing press is not going anymore. So the good times aren't rolling here anymore. Um, now you got a stock breaking down, making new lows on the move. I already say when a stock's making new lows, you got to go. So here we are. It's down 21 bucks. People are going to buy it and say there's so much value here. But... I think it's, again, a value trap. <laughs> I There's talks that were like we're, we're wrong on, like in the short term and stuff, like this restoration hardware. We were yeah. bearish from 100 to 700. You know, you kind of get, you know, if you don't trade it on the way up, you trade it on the way down, uh, it's one thing. What, what I would do, one reason um, – I don't want to. I don't want to own this stock, you know, today or at any level, because you know what you know what the next thing is coming is, right? They're they're going to be laying off employees and closing stores. I mean, they got to start cutting costs. I mean, this is you know, hundred percent. They're not selling stuff, so you know, maybe you think, oh, the cost cutting savers plan rally, maybe, but you know what? What else? You know what else could what else could save the stock? Trading on the lows of the pre market. Uh, this is a thinner stock. The uh, pre market lows two thirteen twenty eight. I'll just give you a monthly level, and that's about all I could give you. And it's uh, right around two hundred eight eighty one. Um, it's a it's a possibility today that maybe two hundred, but uh, if I was waiting for more two hundred eight eighty one and uh, your recent your know, last fifteen minute high is two twenty, so needs to get above that two hundred eight to two twenty. This is a tough one. Williams Sonoma direct hit with yes. this very similar business. Wayfair online sells a lot of stuff too cheaper. I grant you that, but again, going to get hit on this. This is going to just filter out into the home builders to a certain extent because they were blaming housing. So I got to think Home Depot gets hit yep. off of this. Home I got to think Lowe's can get mm-hmm. hit off of this, which it already is. I got to yep. think, um, you know, other retail stocks. I too. got some. I got some for you. What, what else you got? You got FND Floor and Decor Holdings. You got LL LL Flooring Holdings. That's lumber liquidators. Do you know the whole lumber liquidators story? Yeah. Okay. We, that was that, a while ago. That was That's a else. good one there. Formaldehyde? Yeah. Whitney Tilson. <laughs> and uh, just yeah, this is a little bit smaller, but also uh, there's the tile shop holdings, uh, TTSH. Just a uh, pile. Anything there's to a do bunch with housing yeah. gets hit on this. Anything to do with housing. So uh, even tough, even the pool supplies, Leslie, Leslie could get hit on this. Uh, L-E-S-L. Well, that's so. pools, right? Yep, pools. But I mean, pool, bring up that pool stock. also. <laughs> All of these things. They were in yeah. the glory days. And don't kid yourself. You go into these shops and they're actually still, they're backed up. Like, I mean, they're still backed up to a certain extent, but it's that going forward, you know, just because, right. you know, they're all booked up here. What's happening out, you know, a year from now? Because you're still filling orders because you were backed up for six months to a year. But what's it look like out here? That's the concern. So, um, again, I think there's buying opportunities in some some stocks. I don't want to own anything with housing. Nothing. Well, 
Definitely going to have to keep on watch uh, stocks like uh, Lennar and uh, I would say uh, Toll Brothers and, and KBH. They can uh, get hit a bit. The one thing to consider is they've already been hit really hard. Yeah, they I get mean, to get bounced, though, with that uh, earnings, yeah. right? And so I wouldn't want to own these them. on my radar. Yeah, I wouldn't want to own them here either. It's a, it's a tough market. Like, it's you, a tough one, man. <laughs> that, that's for sure. It's a tough market. And housing, anything to do with housing, looks cheap, appears cheap. They're all value traps. They've been value traps. We've been bearish housing on this show for a long time. And correct. Wrong about lots of things. Definitely right on housing. Yeah, I've been wrong for housing. over a year about housing, but I think something's going to get me right on housing. We'll see. I know Bill in the chat, he's watching me. He's watching me on that housing call. Let's keep going. What's Let's your go. call on housing? Oh, I've been called that housing would come down from these. I, I yeah. thought that we would get another housing bust just because well, we prices, were, prices were going way too high. And then when prices go way too high, a lot of the times you're just getting a bubble, right? Bubbles eventually always tend to kind of pop, right? I mean, let's it's just be infl- honest. Like the GME cost. bubble and, yeah. and, and AMC bubble is gone, guys. It's Spat the input cost, gone. Mitch. It's the input cost. It's, and I know this better than anyone from building the house. It's the stuff that goes into the house that drives real estate. So the that real is. driver behind your real estate prices is the cost of build. Because mm-hmm. if you're built, and just like I said before, I've said this before, in Canada, they were building 300 to $500 a square foot before the pandemic. They're now building 400 to $700. That's where the new costs are. That's what the builders. So high end. Before the pandemic was $500 a square foot in Canada. It's now $700 a square foot. It's went up that much. So if your housing build costs go up 30 to 40%, it naturally flows into your real estate and drives it up 30 to 40%. Now, some of those input costs are going to come down. Lumber has started to come down. Steel has come down substantially. Labor will be sticky. It is hard to give people pay cuts. And just like I was saying, electrician went from 55 to 75 you know, an app like there's, and it's not just the them, it's like everything like, like you're not seeing like two, 3% increases on cost of skilled trades. You're seeing like 25, 30% cost. Those are sticky. Those are going to be hard to bring back down. So you got to think still, I, I've still got to think like, you know, everybody's saying there's going to be this huge real estate market collapse and the prices are going to come down a bit, but at the same time, they're not going back to where they were pre pandemic unless those build costs come back to where they where where, the, where they were pre-pandemic but we're not a real estate show we're a stock show but well, i just want to throw in uh rates yeah. too man you know congratulations them. that's yeah. the, that's the number one evil yeah yeah, yeah. the rates K- killing them yeah yeah i mean your mortgage rates look at what has happened people can just afford a hell of a lot less houses that's why yeah. it is so tough to be all in on housing despite the valuations looking attractive so is there a point in time where housing, you know, gets cheap enough, the housing, the home builders, where it gets cheap enough, where it's attractive. I think so, but I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, it's going to take a little while. One of the things I've always seen is housing lags a little bit behind what's going on. Uh, takes a little bit, right? I mean, uh, even with rent, I mean, there's still a lot of people that are cycling through the new rent prices. So I think that's still going to roar its ugly head. But let's keep it going here. Let's yeah. get into some other stocks. Let's go into Walgreens earnings. I think that's important. Definitely take a look at. Um, let's take a look at that. And here, Walgreens Boots Alliance Q3 EPS at 96 cents, beating the 92 cent estimate. Sales were at 32.6 billion, beating the 30 uh, 32.06. 
uh, estimate billion there. Uh, Walgreens Boots Alliance maintained a full year 2022 adjusted EBITDA uh, and their guidance of low single digit growth here, though. And definitely you're seeing a little bit of a retrace there. A lot of people were trying to focus on that guidance to see if they would up the guidance with what's going on um, in other kind of situations that we're kind of keeping an eye on right now. Lower beta stock. Nice dividend, 4.77%, which isn't as nice as it was when we were in a 2% environment, but it's still a decent dividend. You got some support down at 39. It's just there. I mean, if you buy Walgreens, you're not going to lose as much as the S&P overall usually because it's got the lower beta, but I mean, until we start seeing this market stabilize, why own stocks? I mean, this hasn't really done much, you know, in any environment. I mean, the the most concerning thing. Very underperforming. Yeah. 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 Look at this. Look at this. This is is your COVID low. Okay. After the COVID low, you went down even farther. And that was in the middle. That was in uh, June of twenty one. I I just not much to say about this one. Just a long term horrible performer. If you want the dividend, get the dividend. Uh, Dennis mentioned the, a potential area support around thirty nine, thirty nine and a quarter. Um, CVS boom. I mean that's performed. That's performed a lot better. A lot better. Was, yeah. Yeah, I guess if you want to go into junk, you know what the thing about the Walgreens, man? It's, I go into the one all the time. They just they're constantly rotating people that work there. I don't know if that's like part of their shtick or just people keep quitting. I don't know what it is, but um, it's boring. But, I mean, it's boring, Joel. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you, man. Walgreens. It's boring. They got another nail in the <laughs> coffin for companies that change their symbol. They don't probably started it all. They got to stop changing their symbols. Why? I, I mean, how could you get a better? Paint walls green again. Stop I mean, changing your names <laughs> and stop changing your symbols. That's you know what you know. We got to stop changing our names. Square to block. Facebook to Meta. Just stick with what's working. Google to Alphabet. Stick with what's working. So I agree, Joel. Stop changing your ticker symbols and stop changing your names. But I mean, this is you know bringing it back into the overall market here and you know chat saying it's depressing it is depressing you know you watch your long-term portfolio going down i own stocks 60 percent invested and it's like every time you think you're going to get a bounce you don't i i do think we're going to get a nice short squeeze we're going to get a bounce here eventually but it, we got a bounce Dennis. what's we this that data going to look like today maybe the data is going to give us some yeah, in yeah, seven but... minutes we're going to get some economic data okay. here. Yeah, let's, maybe let's, it's going to help in two minutes maybe the whole <laughs> world will change at 8 30. maybe the whole world will change uh we start seeing inflation tick side. down <laughs> that would change everything so that's what we need to see to get a sustained rally we'll go right back to what we were saying a month ago we need to see the inflation data start to tick down i think we're going to get that but not in the July number. The reason why oh, I would gosh. say not the Don't July number. Another month of pain. Yes, there's a reason why I think so. Um, and the, I was talking about it with Jay Woods and uh, some, some other uh, analysts that I have on stock market movers. The biggest thing that I think happened here is we did get some commodities coming down, but that was late June, right? And normally that number, that CPI number is drawn in early June. In early June, we weren't getting that retrace in energy and that retrace in the commodities. So I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say that we'll still be hot in July. And then I think in August is when we'll start seeing that kind of really start showing up on the CPI data. 
I'm hoping we start to see a tick down in the next CPI report. I hope we see a little bit of positive data here today. Um, should we talk about shopping lists? That's a good question. You know, Martin's saying, what's my shopping list? I mean, yeah, let's talk about that uh, while I we think, get into I the numbers. I'll be paying attention to the numbers. You guys talk about shopping lists. I bought some Meta yesterday, two days ago. I bought some Meta. It's pulled back. Not that, I, not that I'm a huge Zuckerberg fan, but there's... I feel like there is some value here. I feel like it's come down enough. You know, Stephanie Link was on this show. She's very smart. I respect her opinions. She liked the stock. I I bought a little bit of that, just a piece, half size position, just nibbling my toes. But again, I'm buying stuff that's making money and that's trading at a reasonable valuation. I'm not buying nosebleed stuff in the long term portfolio. Um, so people are asking about Intel. Intel's just got so much bad going on. It's been a value trap for a long time. I sold it up at 52. It was, it was unbelievable that I got out of that stock, um, basically with my money back out of it. It's down here at 37. I, I think there's a, I think there's value somewhere in Intel, but the story is so ice cold. So I don't know. Joel, you own Intel. I'm not, what do you I, I'm not that? buying it. I, I really, I, have, I haven't bought anything. I, I can't tell you in how long. I just, I. That's just good news. Load. Yeah. Every yeah, time I, I mean, buy something, watch, I lose money. Yeah. Watch all the crap I have go down, but um, it's just, I don't know. There's just, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a different environment. I mean, uh, you know, you try and look for some conservative things out there and there are a few things out there. One that we have been talking about for a while here and uh, Dennis, you may get your shot today and Kathy. I said 40. I said, and, and we're going to know a lot more. Okay, so we almost have to hold off opinions for four minutes. Okay. Because we're going to get some CPI, or we're going to get the, the PC deflator data. It's going to give us a little bit of a glimpse. <clears throat> the Fed watches the data. That's what Christian Fromhurst said. So let's see what that data in three and a half minutes comes out. And then, obviously, yep. we know the CPI is going to be the big number. Also, we're coming into get... earnings season, we need to start seeing glimmers of hope here, folks, coming out of the yep. anything inflation data. So that's what we need to see before we start striking. You can nibble your toes. If you're 100% cash, I'd have been nibbling already. I know I was 52% cash. I've brought it down to 42%. I've been nibbling. Every single thing I've nibbled has went down. So, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough environment. With some people saying, would you buy AMD here? I already bought AMD. Disaster. Um, dead wrong. Dead wrong timing. It's been dead wrong since I dead dead straight down since Put I bought it. Put it in the it. wife's account. Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> in the wife's account. It was in my account. <laughs> But you know what? I, I, I think you're nibbling on AMD here. I I got to think you're going to make money in five to ten years. Do I going to make money next week? It's making new lows. So I'm not going to own it for a trade. But as a long-term investment, would I nibble my toes here? Maybe. I'm in it. Yeah, it's yeah, something 40, definitely keep yeah. watch. Uh, just want to give the like, expectations here. Also, we're going to get jobless claims to come in at... Um, lots of, expected lots of to come in at 226,000 for June 25 week compared to 229,000 in the previous week. Remember, guys, the last three weeks we've had that 229,000 uh, number expected to come down here a little bit. Just pay attention to see if it does come in hotter, I say, than that 229 number because that would you know, break a three-week streak at that same number and coming in higher is what I'm going to see what happens here. Um, also, we'll get a couple of numbers coming in at the same time. I will do my best to try to get it up for us as fast as possible. But like always, 
one of the ways that you can be watching this the moment it hits the tape also is just having Benzinga Pro. So get your two-week trial, no credit card needed. All you got to do is just go to pro.benzinga.com, and you guys could be watching it and getting it first also, just, just to kind of state, you know, one of the things that I would say is if you're relying on getting this economical data in real time, then you should have your own platforms to get this data then reacting yourself versus getting it from a show, but just going to put that out there. Yeah, and the only data that I'm looking at is inflationary data right now. So we're going to get that PCE deflator. Let's see what that's all about. See how the market reacts. Get a move. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want to be. I want to be bullish. I want to be bullish. And part of me, hey, we're less than a minute away. That man. it might be okay. The data today. Part of me thinks it might be okay. I I'd be scared if I was short. I wouldn't want to be short in this data. What 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 is the preview on that PC? Do you have the preview on that, Mitch? I got you right now. Mitch second. bringing it up. It's coming out in thirty seconds. I'm actually going to go. Yeah, I'm just looking back. at the tape right now because my stuff might move really here. quickly for us. All right. All right. We're uh, the low of the, the session sixty seventy five. Uh, not much in here as far as our resistance or support. Uh, resistance, man, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that low, right? At uh, yesterday's low at uh, 01 and a quarter, that would be your first resistance point. I'm not sure what mid range on the session is, but uh, all right, guys, I'm going to show you guys here from Benzinga Pro here our economic calendar. We can take a look here on this to kind of watch here. So if you can see here, guys, if you guys are using Benzinga Pro, you can go to the uh, calendar. You can go to the economics. You can see here personal income uh, consensus estimate is at 0.5. Prior it was 0.4. Um, I'm going to definitely look at it when it hits the tape right now. So there it goes hitting the tape. Let's go ahead and I'll take a look here to see what we get. Let me focus in and try to get us that number. And we'll see how it kind of hits. It the looks tape a little benign here. Um, it's just uh, exhibited by the price action in the S&P. You had a little bit of a dip before, but uh, there you Godless go. Godless claims coming in a little hot here. Uh, Dim game getting that. I'm going to go ahead and try to get us also the PCE number there. But I did see this coming in at 231,000. Uh, remember, uh, versus the 228. I guess they had that estimate, an updated one there. Prior was 229. So that coming in a little hot here. Trying to get the other number here as it hits the tape. Yeah, I mean, but whatever the the, the personal spending is down a little bit versus the estimate. The, right now, the the initial the initial move is higher off this, right? Um, you had a two hundred point sell off from that thirty nine fifty to thirty seven sixty. Little bit of nervousness ahead of that number. Do you want to put your chart and, up, Joel? As oh, I'm sorry. The I did. Oh, I'm no sorry. Worries. I took it off. Hold on a second. Um, too busy uh, being focused here. Share screen. Boom. So there, you know, there's the pop right there. Um, they dipped it under the right before the number. That's only a one minute chart. Doesn't mean anything. But uh, if anything, I, you know, people that did not, you know, buy it on weakness over the last day and a half, maybe got a little bit nervous ahead of uh, ahead of the number. And uh, there you go. Um, 82.50 is where we're trading. A little pop. High of the rebound has been 84 and a quarter. We'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, long ways to go to get to mid-range on the session. We've had uh, 40, 
uh, 65, so that's 32. I mean, for right now, I, I don't even think about mid-range. I'm sure a lot of people like to see um, the bottom of yesterday's, yesterday's range at oh. All right, guys, that took quarter. a little longer than I expected there to show up there. Um, here you guys have it here. Uh, USA Core PCE price index for May at 4.7 versus 4.8 estimate. Uh, prior was 4.9. That's year over year for May. Um, and this is with the Core PCE price index here okay it's a pop but it's a you know it's a pop that's been sold so we'll see i will see yeah i think I... the jobless claims there is having an effect but who knows bit. really yeah i don't know i mean we are basically where where were we at uh just before the 8 30 bars started i mean we're up a little bit so right now, whatever you think of the numbers, whatever you think of the claims, whatever you think of the PC data, right now, it's having a little bit of a positive impact on the market. So that's, that's the best information I can give you on that. And uh, I don't know. Let's see if um, any stocks actually. Man, yeah. We, we little pop, pop, seven, huh? eight points on it. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a meh. So I think we kind of go right back. I don't think this is going to be the one that turns us around. So it'd be nice to say, oh, yeah, this is going to be you know helpful here. I don't think this turns us around. I don't think this moves the needle. So now you start thinking about CPI coming up here. So it's, it's not going to get everybody bullish. It was just a me. Just my opinion. Yeah. No, and, and uh, we're almost we're almost back to where where we were at before the number came out. So, the streets agreeing with you. Uh, nice little pop, but uh, fading once again. I guess that for me, the main thing would be you know, after the big overnight range um, is can they defend that pre market low? Right. I think the pre market high is pretty safe for now. Don't see much under that pre market low of sixty seventy five. The seventeen handles away. So we'll see if that uh, that can be defended. Is it is it time to uh, Talk some commodities. I think we all need that uh, to a little talk of commodity action, especially what's been going on recently. We've been seeing some pullback. We've been seeing mentions on both sides out there. Let's go ahead. Let's go towards our expert today. Let's bring on Angie Setzer here, co-founder and pound, uh, partner of Con Consensus uh, Return on Investments. How do you say that? I just want to make sure we said it. Consus. All right. Yep. There. I just want to make sure I get that right here. No, it's uh, let's go ahead. Let's put you on the on the screen here. Let's go ahead and, and find out what's going on in commodities. I know I've been confused. So put, <laughs> put some sense stuff. into me, Angie. I don't know if you can. Um, I mean, I, I guess we're seeing your seasonal sell off. I mean, traditionally, you'll see wheat weaken. Um, uh, you know, of course, we don't lose two, three bucks like we have here over the last few weeks but um you know soybeans corn tend to weaken we have a big report out at noon today so we're kind of holding our breath into that but um you know what is it going on right now i guess is is the best question because it feels like just about everything's taking place in in the the market structure you know at this at this point in time Looks like uh, the chat is asking us about corn and hogs. So I'm going to go first to that. Let's, let's, let's touch them up a little bit. Jar Jar asking about that. So shout out to Jar Jar. What, what do you see out there, Angie? Yeah, well, corn, I mean, I, and I can't see specifically what they're, uh, what he's wondering, just wondering what's going on in corn in yeah, general. Yeah, he's or? just wondering uh, the outlook in there. 
Yeah. Well, like I was saying, I mean, the, the big question right now is, is uh, what does the USDA say today? We've got a, uh, an update in planted acreage. So one of the biggest things that we saw, you know, happen in corn, if, if you're kind of paying attention to what's taken place over the last six months is, you know, we started the year trading around the, the mid five range, really kind of felt comfortable with supply availability. We were a little nervous, had a risk premium in place, you know, for a, a Russian invasion or something of that nature, but really didn't expect it. Um, and so suddenly we had the Russian invasion there, the tail end of February, spiked a buck. Um, and then at the end of March, the USDA came out with a lower corn acreage number than what most folks were anticipating. We spiked another buck. Um, you know, we've since kind of lost what you could call, you could say we lost the, the you know, one of those dollars recently here as we've kind of fallen off pretty significantly with you know, we've gotten the crop planted. So far, conditions look reasonable. Short-term weather forecasts look like they're going to be conducive to, to relatively decent production potential. You know, and we're kind of holding our breath on demand. Ethanol is the bright spot in demand, but export demand, you know, is pretty poor. We had marketing year lows in, in corn exports this morning. We saw China work out a, a deal with Brazil, though they're still working on some phytosanitary um, figures there. But you know, the corn side of things, you know, as I was saying, the, the further we get into July, the more confident we feel in what our production will be. Um, you know, the big questions that kind of remain in place right now is, is how much old crop corn do we have? And what does that mean for what we'll have at the end of the year? And then how much demand are we going to be seeing over the, the months and uh, weeks and months ahead? And then, of course, the big one is what kind of corn crop are we going to produce? Angie, the last time we had you on, it was like just in the, you know, the start of, of the crisis. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was worried about enough food. We had that conversation. You told me not to worry about it. And you were, you were all correct on that. Um, and, you know, you, you, here you are, you know, talk. And I talked about this the other day. Um, when you have the move that you had in wheat, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you have farmers, right? This thing goes from seven. It basically doubles mm -hmm. right i mean yeah. for me when i look at the market dynamics of that and i know that your your clients are hedgers right so yeah. i mean and the way you were talking was you know you got to take advantage of this opportunity right mm -hmm. you gotta you know selling your crop out now i hope that a, a lot of a lot of your clients did do that and they're sitting on, i mean man think about it you know 1280 a, a bushel for wheat now that it's nine and a quarter to me i think the dynamics and why these these commodities are so violent is you know on these on the way ups you just have speculators just buying mm -hmm. the daylights out of it right yeah like yeah. you know beans in the teens um, and you have the, you know, the hedgers selling it, right? They're like, okay, you want to buy it? You know, wow, it looks bad. I sold it at eleven fifty. Yeah, it went to twelve sixteen. Yeah, it went to twelve eighty. But when these things turn, <laughs> yeah. those farmers are not sticking bids out there. Yeah, they're they're not sticking bids out there. They're they're just like, okay, I'll deliver. This is yours, sold to you. So. That's a, you know, that's just a market dynamic as well, you know, about that. So I just wanted to see if you'd like to know how your clients did on that. I sure hope they hedged out to several years out. And <laughs> right. just oh, the, yeah. The dynamics on the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, we, that's the constant fear in which we live. You know what I mean? And, and maybe fear is, is uh, an exaggeration, but it definitely is one of those things where my role as a risk manager comes into play. 
I'd be lying if I said we didn't have customers that had six or seven dollar week contracts on for this coming year, just because historically speaking, those were good values. We didn't expect a war and and a poor fall and some of that. But, you know, those are our small percentages of sales in the overall crop. You know, so one of the things that we try to do with farmers or as farmers, you know, what they try to do is is really work to to incrementally sell scale sell into it. We don't know what we're okay. going to have 100% of the time. You know, we don't know what production is going to look like, what, what weather is going to look like. But our goal is at the end is to have the average of our crop prices of everything that's sold, you know, at the top third of, of the, the market structure. And so, um, yeah, the majority of the customers that I have have been continually selling, you know, small pieces of, of their expected production into this rally. Um, and, and we're sitting okay. Now we have to see where we we head. You know, we're we're uh, you know most of us uh, are sitting, you know, around uh, 30, 40, 50 percent sold, depending, and wow. and we're gonna see where the the market heads. So yeah, it's it's definitely um, this type of market structure is scary. It's scarier for anyone that ever experienced the two thousand eight market. Um, because that one was, was super explosive for corn. You know, we, we traded up to over eight bucks and, and ended up at $3 and 60 cents by the end of the year. Um, you know, we had a, a group of, of ethanol plants go bankrupt, you know, things of that nature. Like, and so you, you'll hear stories and we'll probably hear stories about what happens in, in 2022 and beyond. You know, if we see a, a global economic slowdown and an increase in cost and borrowing and, you know, some of these other things that take place you know, it, it becomes that much more vital for next year and, and the years beyond. And and typically it's hard to market like that as a farmer, just because you're so far removed from what your production is going to look like this year, next year, the year after, you know, so you, you're, you're kind of chasing down these sort of wild um, variables, but it, it's, it, it's definitely not for the faint of heart, I guess. Is and, then, you know, and then also I can imagine that, hey, you're selling some at, at like at wheat as an example. You're selling some at 11. Then you're selling mm -hmm. more at 11.50. And then yep. you're selling even more at 12. So, mm -hmm. uh, well, good. Um, I just thought a couple things. Uh, the whole inflationary impact, um, you know, we know these are smaller components. We know uh, the crude oil um, is, uh, you know, really a, a big factor because it affects a lot of different businesses and anything. And in your opinion, I mean, you know, how, how much are the, the, the grains and the soft and all these other commodities, how important are they or to like the overall inflation picture uh, compared to crude oil? And do you see any, you know, any uh, chance of inflation coming down? I think so. I, but I think, you know, just to answer your last question first, and then I'll forget what your first question was, because I'm that's my superpower. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the Fed's serious. Um, you know, I think Paul is very, very serious about what he says. You know, I think last week kind of put that to rest on the sense of, oh, well, when we start to see, you know, recessionary uh, trends show up, he'll back off. You know, I think he basically said in, in you know, maybe a bit more elegant way a week ago that, you know, the, the risk of not taming inflation in his opinion is, is greater than letting a recession take place. Um, and so globally, you know, if, if we were to see that, I think you'll, you'll see a significant slowdown in demand. Um, I think we're seeing a significant slowdown in demand for grains anyway. You know, one of the things that you're seeing take place because of this sharp increases in wheat and things like that, you know, is there's some growers and, and um, groups of growers in Africa that are looking at, you know, transitioning to more 
um, hardier varieties of grass grains that they are traditionally grown or were traditionally grown in Africa prior to the introduction of wheat. And you're seeing them switch their breads and things of that nature over to those grains. Um, you know, and so I think you're you're going to see a continuation of, of development in, in food demand. I also think, you know, you've got a lot of things that are taking place from a global standpoint that could have a lot of, of ramifications going forward. What's it going to look like if we do open up the channel out of Ukraine and, and start to bring a lot of those grains into the, the marketplace and things like that? And so, yeah, I think eventually we bring inflation down. Um, but I always feel like or I feel like over history, I think we've, we've really kind of recognized that the pendulum never swings just back to equilibrium and sits there. And so we're all aware of that, you know, I think both in the economy and, you know, in the, the commodity sector to where we're probably going to overdo it, you know, on the way, the opposite direction. And, and, and that's going to be the, the greatest concern. Uh, before we let you go, can we just we talk a few stocks here uh, related, um, you know, to the farming industry, uh, DBA. Uh, boy, that's just gotten killed with, you know, the agriculture. Well, I mean, it, it pulled back. It had a tremendous run now, a little bit of a pullback. They're not making more land. I want to ask you about DBA. And then, uh, you know, Scott's miracle grow here. Um, that's just, <laughs> stock has been, uh, has not been growing. I just wanted to get your take on uh, those two issues. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, Scott's miracle grow. Maybe we were seeing a, a downturn in uh, home gardening now that we can travel again. I, okay. Let's play a, a chart over of uh, air travel demand with Scott's uh, miracle grow stock, and we might find a correlation we okay, didn't expect. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. That's why, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and honestly, uh, paying attention, you know, to the other outside markets, I think one of the things that you're seeing is that the the confidence in agriculture is starting to fall off for a lot of the ways, a lot of the reasons that I said, you know, a, a minute ago, um, you know, we're really kind of putting ourselves into a, a, a really significant um, position of risk potentially where we're outlaying a, a large amount of, of cash for, you know, marginal return. I think the other thing that you're seeing is the likelihood of increases in rates and, you know, catching those that, that may not be prepared for that because a lot of folks honestly did, I don't think, thought the Fed would follow through. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that we've seen these funds just peg the commodities is to really force the hand of the Fed. And so I think, you know, your confidence in, in what agriculture looks like and the margin that we're going to see in, in ag going forward, you know, is really starting to fall off, which is part of the reason that, you know, DBA is kind of weakening is you're seeing just folks change, um, focus attention elsewhere. Or maybe even just go to the sidelines. And so the same is true in, in, in ag as it is, you know, really anywhere else right now, I think. We've been on the line with Angie Setzer. She's the co-founder partner at Constance, R-I-L-L-C, married to the king of corn. How's, how's the king of corn doing, Carl? He is, uh, he's doing great. So okay. very well. All right. All right. Thank you, Angie, uh, one of our uh, commodity experts here, uh, giving us a little hand of a chance of uh, some slowing inflation. Inflation is what we all need. Thanks again, Angie. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. A little quick to the gun there. I, I normally am pretty good with that one, but uh, sorry to cut it's you okay. off there a little bit, Angie. Let's go ahead. Let's keep it going, though. Let's take a look at some other stocks on out there that are moving uh just just released um looks like spirit airlines wants to go for another week uh they're they're talking about uh postponing the key shareholder vote um, proposed deal. Vote. 
to me, I think this is one of those like, um, who knows, maybe uh, JetBlue wants to increase the deal some more. <laughs> They're just like, uh, we'll keep the saga that never ends. We talked about it yesterday. I mean, I we're just wasting our, we're wasting our time talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I can't even follow it. Who the hell it's a saga it? that just never goes away. Yeah, the, the it, deal we are we've already talked about. I don't even want to talk JetBlue. You know what? I, what I do want to talk yeah, we'll about is uh, the cruise lines. Holy mackerel! It's, it's nonstop selling, Joel. But I mean, I, you know, um, just kind of talk about what Joel and I talked about at the close yesterday. And Dennis, I would love to hear your comments on this. Is that what we're seeing, at least in the price action? of these stocks is completely different than what we're hearing from the earnings and from the mentions of travel going on right now. What do you think about this, Dennis? Yeah. I mean, everybody is talking about how the travel is crazy, how everybody's back. And we're not seeing that because right now you've got that people who book their trips aren't canceling their trips, but are people booking trips out a year here right now when all of a sudden the last two months they've gotten tighter for cash? This is another low-hanging fruit. People aren't going to go on expensive cruises if they're tighter for cash. Perfect storm for Carnival Cruise Lines, for Norwegian, for RCL. Higher fuel costs, higher expenses. And then if you look out, demand probably destruction starting to occur. What does that add up to? Potential bankruptcy. It's on the table. I mean, we had Morgan Stanley coming out with the potential of, you know, zero on CCL. It's not a not, there's a not, I, I kind of agree that there's the possibility that CCL could actually go bankrupt here. So, I mean, it's a scary thought. I love those Carnival Cruise Lines and they'll continue to operate even in bankruptcy. But just to come in here and say, yeah, it's going to, this is too cheap now, buying $8.58. I mean, the debt's trading at 70 cents on the dollar. So when you get to that point, there's problems. There's major problems here. So, I mean, we're making new, we're, we're challenging the pandemic lows when the ships weren't even sailing. So one, either the market yeah. is just completely nuts, or two, there's a non there's a non zero chance that this thing actually could go bankrupt. Yeah, you left out higher food costs and higher labor costs too. For higher everything costs, everything. I, even the water that they're probably on right now, the oceans, they're probably charging them more. <laughs> It's it's fees all around. I mean, uh, you can't hide from anything right now. It, 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 wage inflation, uh, the Fed pumping money. I mean, really. And these guys are, are debt cows, right? I mean, interest rates oh, going up on them debt. too. So I mean, helping them, yeah. Honestly, if I've talked about it yesterday, if I was the CEO, I would be like, can we just catch a break? <laughs> and I don't think they can right now. And people asking, you know, what about selling cash-covered puts on cruise lines? I mean, you're if you're writing the puts, you're saying it's not going bankrupt. That's the bet. I don't know if that's the case. I think a lot of these companies are in a world of pain here right now. So I'm scared. Um, yeah, I was. I actually did have some bullishness on the cruise lines about a month ago. Um, I did buy Norwegian, but I turned around and flipped out of it when it started to break down. So, again, I don't want to be long stocks making new lows. Um, it, it's, it's tough to be long. So let's just go, what can you be long? You can yeah. be long companies that aren't burning cash. You can be long companies that are trading at reasonable valuations. They'll have some support somewhere. Cruise lines burning cash right now. They're, they're going to be you know, in a world of pain for a long time as long as fuel and expenses stay elevated I, and money gets tighter. So I don't want to own airlines. I don't want to own cruise lines. I don't want to own casinos. I don't want to own anything, and that's travel stuff, but 
You know, I own Disney, and that's been a bad one for me. But I do think Disney, I don't think we're going to turn around and all of a sudden, Disney One isn't burning cash anymore. Um, you know, do they start burning cash? Do we start seeing demand destruction there at the parks? It's possible for sure. But I think if anybody is going to survive this, you know, it's, you know, out of all these travel, it's going to be Disney. I'll bet on Disney. So if you want to bet on cruise lines, I mean, Disney has cruise lines too. You get the parks, get the Disney Plus, the valuation's reasonable. If I wanted to be in the travel industry, I'd bet on Disney. I already have bet on Disney, so I'm not going to add any more to it. It's been a bad one. Everything has been bad. I mean, you're challenged if you bought a stock in the last two months, two months ago. It's 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 highly unlikely that you're up in that stock. So, I mean, we're in a bad macroeconomic environment. Um, come, well, it's coming anyways. So, I look here, NCLH, and RCL, CCL. Why? Why is this the bottom? All right, let's continue going here towards the other earnings stock today, Constellation Brands. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, maybe the beer is good, Dennis. I don't know. Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, they beat estimated earnings by 5.14%, reported EPS of $2.66 versus an estimate of $2.53. Revenue was up $336 million from the same period last year. And as you can see, it's not getting the results that it probably thought it would get off of those earnings. Tough market. Joel, you were saying it before. There's a play probably to be short most stocks going into earnings because the ones that pop eventually give it back and the ones that drop keep dropping. And the ones that report pretty good quarters, the Nike quarter was fine, and they say something on the conference call and they tank the stock anyways. Tough stock to be long any stock in the earnings. Maybe the earnings weren't that bad. Doesn't matter. Stock's trading down. And it's wide here, so it is trade. It has ticked yeah. two twenty eight, but we're really wide. We're two twenty eight to two forty, so I mean we're very wide here. This isn't something that I think is going to just all of a sudden just start tanking and getting killed. I mean, people still drink this stuff. People will buy during a recession. So is it safe? Nothing is safe if the bear market gets ugly enough. The thing is not far off its 52-week high, which scares me as well because they've started hitting stocks just because they're close to their 52-week highs. True. So I, I just probably stay away just because it hasn't been hit yet. And probably they hit something like this too. Why not? That 228 bidder, he's looking at this low right here. He's like, come to Papa, 228. <laughs> that was your June 21st low. Uh, so that's your first target. I don't know. You said the offer's at 240. I'd say if you want to own this thing and you felt like you really missed the rally, I'd fir I'd first focus, you know, see if you could get anywhere. 220, I'll call it 224 to 228 would be a major buy zone for me. If if I was trying to cover short or potentially looking at a long, give it everything back after that uh, nice June rally. Only 6,500 shares have traded, so... That's not a ton. So, like, yeah. if one big buyer comes in, the same could be at like two thirty-five, two forty in heartbeat. But yeah. nope. um, not not hitting that two twenty-eight bid right now. To me, I think this is also a battle of the seltzer game in that kind of phase uh, and that hype kind of dying down. And that's also what has been reported in Sam. Also, is that the seltzer. Uh, battle that they had and they were getting a lot of love for that is just gone away right i mean you guys can look around i'm sure you guys will see there's like now there's like 10 or different seltzers to choose from it's not just uh you know like the the classic two um so 
I, think I mean, this if you look at the SAM chart and your long constellation brands, you you know, I know they're different companies. You're going that sold out, done, leave me alone. I mean, look at that thing. Sam's had all kinds of problems though. Oh, completely different, completely yeah. different animal. Um, you know, the beer, you know, it's it's not like when you get constellation brands, hard liquor, a little bit different. Like you get these craft breweries coming up they've attacked sam sam has had problems for you know over two years now really uh-huh. i mean I, I can't believe we got to 1349 back in april 2021 when everybody when everybody was buying everything but has it come down enough to get attractive i mean i think sam is having so much trouble didn't they lose money last quarter let's look it up go to the details on yeah. sam i think they're not even making money right now i mean that's trouble or they at least made, well, that's not the case. They just missed earnings. So they're, they're making money still, but they missed big time. Just think where um, Constellation Brands would be if they didn't do that uh, canopy growth investment. <laughs> no, it was a drop in the bucket for them. It was a drop yeah, in the bucket. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they lost that entire investment, but it was small. Actually, wow, Sam did. Bad. Yeah, Sam did lose money last quarter. They lost 16 cents. They were supposed to make a buck 97. I mean, they got yep. some problems here. Yeah, so I'm staying away from Sam. I'd much rather own Constellation Brands than Sam, but I, I'm not buying any stocks that are near 52-week highs. I, I would just do what uh, Joel tells me to do sometimes, right? Pull up the calendar and then see how the earnings and the surprises have been. And what do you see on the last four? Boom, boom, boom on Sam. And uh, that's just kind of showing you. And where is it heading? Heading in the wrong direction uh, with the surprise of uh, minus 108% there. On that estimate, Dennis giving you that 16% loss there. Um, and the expected was a dollar ninety-seven. So uh definitely value a trap. It was a value trap, and now they're actually lost money last quarter. I'm staying away from companies that are losing money right now. What do you think about the that uh, action that we got yesterday? We didn't get to talk too much about it, but it was in uh General Mills. Uh General Mills having a good day. Um I know that we've been seeing yeah. some of this value trade come off, but I'm wondering what do you, what do you see here? Defensive stock makes a new, I think it's a new all-time high. I mean, how many stocks are making new all-time highs? That's absolutely incredible when you think about it. With that being said, I'm not buying stocks making new all-time highs either. This isn't a bull market. This isn't one we're buying breakouts. I'd rather short stocks making new all-time lows and buy stocks making new all-time highs. Interesting to mention there. Um, one that I'm keeping my eye on is stocks like uh, DG and, and stocks like that. What do you think about Dollar Tree uh, or Dollar General um, and, and, and this kind of environment? I mean, I bounced back huge off of their earnings report last, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they got targeted and then, you know, they didn't do as bad and they've come back a long ways. But again, we're approaching stocks that are making new all-time highs. I mean, when we're in a raging bull market, these are the kind of stocks you want to own. But when they bounce back and DG has had a bounce back of 183 to 248, eventually if the bear markets get ugly enough, they come for everything. So I'd be scared of buying anything near all-time highs right now. Even though the relative strength is awesome, you know, maybe you say these are the kind of stocks you want to own, but we've seen them get hit before. And, you know, obviously Target's a different story. It's, you know, not recovered really at all. That's pretty impressive, Joel. Just talking, take it over to Target. I mean, 3.06% dividend here now. It's down $110 in a month and a half. I know. It's, a, it's typically a lower beta yeah. stock. What's going on there? Uh, like, I mean, and I was looking at this one. They yep, screwed them it up. It never really bounced. I mean, that, that no. was, now it's back. 
It's back at almost at the low of the move, 138.58. two bucks away. That thing, I mean, Walmart got a little bit of a bounce, but people were asking about, I tell you, I'd be worried about this Walmart now. You had uh, you had the low, you had the bounce, a little bit of a failure here. I mean, these things are just, people got smoked, and they're not getting back into these issues. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. Back to the staying. shopping list. Like, what would you buy, though, right now? Because there is, I bought what? Meta. Joel's not buying nothing. I think you got to do some shopping, uh, but it's it's a tough. Like I mean, we talk about the fifty percent retracement of the recent move. So we had S SPY. We're through it. We're through it, Dennis. Up to three eighty, down to three seventy five. We're just just through it. Just through it today. Yeah. Important day for the market. Can it bounce around here? Can we get you know some buy the dip coming back in? Can we get some people, you know, ahead of next month's CPI data coming in? We're at end of the quarter. What about you end know, of quarter, that, Dennis? That's Real something quick. to think about here, too. So I sometimes you get some volume. What do you think about the, I mean. Well, you shouldn't see gonna... some volatility on the close. You should see some okay. movement on the close. We often get window dressing. People want to sell the last. Undressing. I, I, window undressing in this case. Um, you know, you might see some of that. So maybe you get a washout low in ARC. Maybe there is, you know, that 40 bucks. Floor. That's what you talked about in ARC. We haven't there. got there yet. Yeah, we're there, right there. 39, right now, 35 to 40. I think there you, it is. you could take a we'll shot. See. You could take a you shot. Take a shot at anything, right? You can take a shot at anything as long as you know where your out is. So if you could take a shot, not long-term, ARC's never going to my long-term account. But as a trade here, we let's talk 50% retracement of the move. 35, 10, you know, 35 is the low of the move up to 46. Pull back. Yeah, you're right in there. This 39 to 40 area. I think you should find buyers in here. So let's see if we can bounce out of there. It's been an ugly couple of days, though. All right. I'll check in with you guys later on. Everyone have a good day. All right. We're going to go ahead and start wrapping on up here. Like always, guys, go check out uh, Joel Conan on Pre-Market Prep Plus if you guys want to go ahead and do some extended ticker time. I'll be getting on over the live trading action. And guess who's going to go do some real live trading? My man, Dennis Dick. Yeah. You already All know. right, we'll see you, Mitch. Have a good one. Chat. Hey, keep on going. Keep on going. Let's do this, guys. We're going to go ahead and take a look at what we're going to be trading on today. Like always, we'll be getting to a live trading action. I want you guys to come on over. Come trade with Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I as we go ahead and jump into the markets. Like always, we also want to know what do you guys want to see more or less of on pre-market prep? Um, is there anything that you guys want to see us cover We'll definitely go ahead and touch it. Hit the comments after. I know that we got a lot of love yesterday. Um, I saw a lot of comments also letting us know how much they appreciate what we do every single day for them. So thank you guys out there. And like always, we're going to keep doing it because you guys are the reason why we do it is to definitely help you guys get into this trading action. So thank Dennis. Thank Joel. And I'll go ahead and get you guys on over to live trading action. Later today, we got some great stuff, of course, like Benzinga Live, Stock Market Movers. Uh, come on over. Come check out the new shows that we have right now. And we'll keep it going right here on Benzinga. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.